Welcome to Novell Sales Talk, Brainshare Edition. This is Randall Barch and... I'm Justin Taylor. And we're here with Rob Krawcheck, a Novell TSS in Endpoint Management out of Florida, and our esteemed customer, Stefan Evans, working for Gulfstream. That's right, out of Savannah, Georgia. Savannah, Georgia, great. Hi, guys. How's it going? Hi. What we've been doing is talking to customers about their successes with Novell technology. So first of all, Stefan, can you tell us a little bit about what you do at Gulfstream? I'm the senior analyst for any Novell technology that comes into Gulfstream, and today that encompasses just about everything that you've historically been making, minus some of the recent additions to your product line and group-wise. So that would be Access Manager, NetWare, OES2, Linux, which is on the horizon really for this year, Zenworks Suite, Secure Login, NFS Gateway, eDirectory, pretty wide range of products. And Rob, how long have you been involved with Gulfstream? I've worked with Gulfstream since 2002. Okay. A couple of things that we want to hone in on is Gulfstream's use of Open Enterprise Server and Access Manager. Tell us about Open Enterprise Server, how long you've been using NetWare, and where you're at in that continuum. Sure. Well, I started with Gulfstream 13 years ago, and they'd already been running NetWare for many years before that. So I've been with them growing with the upgrades up through 4.11.5.1.6.0.6.5. As of this year, we'll be migrating that NetWare environment over to OES2 Linux now that we feel it's reached a real level of maturity with SP2. So it's not just the fact that we're bringing the NetWare code base to an extended support period out of general support. Right. Our parent company, General Dynamics, for security reasons, won't allow us to maintain any product in our environment from any vendor once it's reached end of life. So that's certainly a primary motivator right now to get off of NetWare, which has otherwise been serving us very well. I mean, we have servers that scale up to 5,000 concurrent users on 8 terabyte volumes with 10 million files on them. And it runs as fast as a local drive for most of these people. That's, uh, that's extremely performant. And are we talking about mostly on physical hardware or are we talking about virtualization? Right. Today it's still physical hardware. We do intend with OES2 to actually modernize that a little bit. Even though it's going to be on the Linux platform, there's just some high availability techniques you get with VMware that you don't get with a physical server, obviously, unless you went the clustering route, which we've always felt was a little overcomplicated for our needs. Recent enhancements to VMware allow you to do raw storage, which get around some of the performance problems that you have with encapsulated file systems within a VMDK. So we feel like there's just this perfect storm with OES2 and some features in VMware that will allow us to get off of just going straight physicals with all of our deployment. You mentioned the maturity of Open Enterprise Server. It's ready to go. Can you tell us more about what makes you feel comfortable of going to OES on Linux? Driver support was certainly a concern for us. We were starting to see vendors who refused to fix problems that we would encounter in the drivers, mm -hmm. even if it was originally noted that NetWare would be a supported platform. Outside of the hardware side of things, with vendors supporting it on antivirus and backup solutions, just most of them just weren't doing anything new with NetWare and were just focusing on Linux and Windows. The services you needed and the hardware you need are there now on Linux. Right, especially with SP2. That's when they um, delivered what's really become an important requirement over these past couple of years under General Dynamics' security requirements is to really audit just about every aspect of your infrastructure. And now that SP2 del finally delivered the file auditing mm -hmm. that was missing from NetWare, that was really the final last thing that we were waiting on to be able to switch over to OES2 Linux. Yeah, that's really key that we're hearing from a number of customers. Let me just ask another question, then we'll move on to the identity. What about the file management suite, reporting on all those unstructured files? Is this something that you've been interested in? Yeah, we actually just saw the news releases that you had about a month ago on the file management suite. And 
a colleague of mine, we both just kept running back to each other's cues back and forth just as we read through the set of release information that you had in the documentation just saying, it's like they wrote this for us because we have so much unstructured data out there and, and we know that it's just chock full of data that's just not getting used or it's been duplicated 10, 20 times as different people from different departments are collaborating on it or, or think they need to make their own backups outside of our tape solution. And, and just to be able to identify where that is and start doing some cleanups, we're not running 10 million files and eight terabyte volumes where we could probably be running maybe 50% of that. Are you provisioning users' data by hand, user storage by hand? Yes, we are. Do you use any identity management to provision user accounts? A year ago, we implemented Identity Manager 3.60 uh, Phase 1, which was just a foundational laydown of connecting Active Directory, eDirectory, Lotus Notes, PeopleSoft, and a badging system. So we are using Identity Manager to do lifecycle management as employees get hired and change roles the lifecycle as they are still remain with the company and then also terminate them as they leave. But what we are missing today is a storage manager to actually make sure the data follows the same lifecycle. What's one of the reasons or drivers maybe why they decided to put an Identity Manager Security really drives everything. This was actually a security-funded project. So again, it was just tied with Sentinel, which is another thing that we actually implemented at the same time as IDM is to monitor all this. It's really more of a two-pronged approach. It was for security reasons and also for productivity reasons because when employees would start, there would usually be a two-week or more uh, lag period where they would start to get accounts in some systems, but usually on day one, they really couldn't do much else than start getting requests in to make sure they got accounts in all these various systems. And there's still obviously more systems we need to tie in because we're only in a phase one, but at least with these core systems that the majority of our employees would always need, which would be Active Directory, Lotus Notes, and Novell eDirectory, it could be a two-week period or more before they could get to all those systems. There was the productivity side of it, but then also at the end of the cycle when people would get terminated at the corporate level, but on a technical level, we would still have them floating around in various systems for months or even years because maybe the administrator of one system didn't get the notice that this person was gone. Maybe he got terminated in all the other systems, but one or two might still have you know various users going on and on and on. So Beyond even just being able to terminate them, we need to be able to prove that we terminated them and when we terminated them, that it all happens in, at predictable periods. So that's where Sentinel came in, so when auditors, SOX auditors, and various other auditors that would come out throughout the year to make sure that these systems were doing what industry regulators are requiring of our company. Identity Manager is obviously automated, policy-driven, has all those capabilities, but Sentinel is that piece that ensures that things are going the way. You want to kind of the trust but verify kind of auditor paranoia factor that's put into place right. there. Now, you've also said that you were using in, in our earlier discussion about Access Manager. It sounds like you've got a really long history of using Novell products for security. I mean, in particular, it looks like you've had a little experience with iChain, maybe? That's right. Goldstream was very interested in some early concepts that a salesperson came by with about fronting our websites for external customers in a unified way. And that was uh, iChain before it was even a 1.0 product. I wasn't even involved with those early discussions, but I got pulled in soon after. But it got to the point where we needed this technology so badly that we were living on weekly builds of iChain. And we were just that desperate to have something out there and didn't feel any other vendor was offering anything close to what iChain could do at the time. And just grew with the product from 1.5, which I think did come out in a public release, to 2.0, 2.1, 2.2, 2.3. 2 and we've been working very closely with Novell along every single of those steps. We were on every single beta program that ever existed for iChain, driving a lot of the bug fixes and especially the enhancements where we saw that we needed the, the product to grow and Novell was always very accommodating. We didn't get on the beta program right away for Access Manager just as a mix-up between Novell and us at that point, just not advertising it. But with 3.1 onwards, we've been, again, strongly committed to helping Novell to shape that product into one that was even more useful to us. 
And obviously, someone like Gulfstream, aeronautics, restrictions, security, there's a lot of different aspects, obviously, that you're playing in from everything from the FAA to, I'm sure, Homeland Security and right. all those aspects. And obviously, you got to have something that's really trusted. So as you move over to Access Manager, what kind of things are you looking forward to having as you begin that migration? Well, one thing that we didn't have with iChain that we're really looking forward to as we're finishing up our migration over to Access Manager is the tie-ins, to, again, to Sentinel so that we can monitor access, success and failure of logins, but also what resources within the Access Manager suite that they're accessing. So, again, we can give that to auditors and show them people are only getting to what they're supposed to. You also mentioned a little bit about federation protocols and looking forward to using those. Now, I know that a lot of that comes from people like the federal government requiring authentication via things like SAML and things of that nature. What do you look forward to? What is Gulfstream looking forward to integrating with using those kind of technologies? Again, we were one of the early adopters of a piece for iChain that was called the SAML extension for iChain, so that delivered SAML 1.0 functionality. And we've used that not because of any federal or other government regulation, but just because it was a way of enabling us to securely work with other partners that we didn't control. SAML just seemed like an early, strong solution to that. And we've worked with that over the past few years, but with iChain in particular, we found in the SAML extension that was only SAML 1.0, just found that an increasing number of vendors just weren't willing to work with that older specification anymore. So one of the things driving us to Access Manager is its support not only for newer generation SAML protocols like 1.1 and 2.0, but a whole host of other protocols like WSFED and CardSpace, so that we're not even just limited anymore to just SAML, but if we needed to play in these other spaces with vendors, that, that was the only thing that you did, and that just opens up even more doors for us for working with external entities. So. Were you finding that those external entities were requiring the use of those protocols? We have been finding resistance to just always being just SAML. Many other people wanted to do things like WSFED Federation. It sounds like you're not just using it just internally, your own staff, but then going external as well. Where else is it used in, inside of the Gulfstream family? Outside of SAML, we do have 110 what are called proxy services under Access Manager. They were accelerators under iChain, and it's just a wide variety of applications that are running on IBM WebSphere Portal, WebSphere Commerce Server, Apache and Tomcat web servers, and IIS. And iChain and Access Manager, what we really liked most about them is they were zero-byte solutions, so it didn't really matter what we wanted to run on the back end. We weren't limited to what a particular agent might support, as long as it could consume basic authentication or some custom headers or even just have its own login form filled in with some known credentials of the user that it was an easy way to solve problems of just a common authentication point. How do your users feel about it? Would they notice if it was gone? Well, sure. I mean, one of the, the main reasons that we got this is we had plenty of web servers before iChain ever came around, and that was part of the problem is they all had a very different-looking login page or authentication requirements. Potentially, they were all just different silos of identity in themselves because we didn't have our identity manager back then. Access Manager or iChain was just a way of unifying the look and feel so that they knew that they were accessing a company-protected resource, but also that it was always just going to be their Novell e-directory username and password. But then on the back end, and whether they knew it or not, we were just filling in whatever credentials that particular application required. But it was simple for the user because it was just a common, similar interface all the time. Yeah, so going back to the good old days of multiple logins, multiple user accounts, definitely wouldn't be something they'd be looking forward to. Right. <laughs> Stefan Evans and Rob Krawcheck, thanks very much for joining us on this Sales Talk. This is Randall Barch for Sales Talk and Justin Taylor. Thanks for listening. Novell Sales Talk is brought to you by Novell Inc. You can send us feedback at salestalk at novell.com. 
Thanks for listening. See you next time.